We are called to share the good news, to share the gospel message to the ends of the earth. But that's hard to do if we choose to remain silent. We need to speak up, even if it might cause us discomfort or lead to personal suffering. For when we suffer in the name of Jesus, we know we'll be rewarded in heaven. We are his flock and he will protect us. So listen carefully, discern his voice from among all the others, and then choose to follow the Good Shepherd. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the fourth Sunday of Easter, cycle C of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the fourth Sunday of Easter, cycle C. Our first reading is from Acts of the Apostles. It's chapter 13, verses 14 and 43 through 52. Our second reading is from the book of Revelation. It's chapter 7, verses 9 and 14b through 17. And our gospel reading is from John. It's chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. Just a couple things to note. First, we only have one reading from the New Testament, also known as the Christian Scripture. The reason we do this is actually logical. Uh, during the rest of the year, we're looking to the resurrection, uh, even during Advent, when we're anticipating the coming of the Messiah, which then leads to the resurrection. However, during the Easter season, we're looking forward. We're, we're looking from the event of the resurrection and how it continues even today. First point, Paul and Barnabas get the boot. Second, John has another vision. And third, Jesus drops the mic. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from Acts of the Apostles. From Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city, 
they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Our second reading is from the book of Revelation. I, John, had a vision, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before they they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And our gospel reading is from John. Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and we'll ask ourselves, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of Acts of the Apostles. And in this reading, we see Paul and Barnabas continuing the the work of the apostles, the, the mission of Jesus, by traveling around the region, going from town to town, sharing the good news. What might not have been clear is that the reaction to their teaching, the the reaction to what we call the good news of Jesus Christ, is a bit mixed. It's pretty clear from these verses that people's reactions ranged from enthusiasm to jealousy. What's not clear from this reading is that only some of the devout Jews became followers of Jesus, while most of the people who gathered So most of the crowds who showed up when the reading said almost the whole city gathered, most of those folks were Gentiles. Most of them were non-Jews. It's something Christian historians talk about, this this phenomenon where the the people from the, the source religion, if you will, Judaism, only made up a small percentage of believers by that point in time. This young church was growing like crazy, but most of the new converts aren't the people who should understand the Old Testament roots of the Messiah. In fact, those folks are the ones who get jealous of the crowds they're drawing and react violently, and they they cast the disciples out of the area. And it doesn't seem to phase Paul and Barnabas, though, because they just keep on sharing their message with all the non-Jews. 
they are fulfilling Jesus's command to be a light for the Gentiles and make disciples of every nation. If you read more of Acts, you'll see that Paul still tends to reach out to the Jewish people first, but he always ends up speaking to the Gentiles, and they turn out to be the ones who listen the most and believe the most. So the main message I got from our first reading is that we need to share the good news with those who will listen. Neither the 12 apostles or the, the many disciples who continued their work continued to bang their heads against the proverbial wall when it came to getting their message through to certain people. Some folks just don't want to pick up what you're laying down. So we can do what the disciples did. We can shake the dust off our feet and move on, filled with joy and the Holy Spirit, knowing we'll find others knowing we'll be able to share the good news with those who will listen. Our second reading was from uh, the book of Revelation, and the writer, John, sees Jesus as a, has, he's got a vision, and he sees Jesus as a ruler on his throne, and as a lamb that's being slaughtered, and as a savior protector who will take care of his people's every need, and as a lamb who's also a shepherd. <laughs> as we've discussed before, the, the apocalyptic writing style in, in Revelation is loaded with imagery that really functioned as a secret code. So believers at the time probably understood what all these different images referenced. Revelation was written at a time of persecution, and we do know that it was intended, it was intended to bring hope to members of this this socially suspect and sometimes outlawed new religion. It, it didn't help that most of the rituals in the early church were kept fairly secret. They definitely weren't subject to any kind of, any kind of public scrutiny, unlike the widely known and widely understood Jewish rituals. And because of the, the rather secretive nature of the early church, being a martyr was one fantastic way to get your faith out in front of people. Now, they, they still won't know much about Christianity, but they'll see how, how devout the followers of Jesus Christ are. They'll, they'll see what they're made of. And the, the curious crowds will see someone so devout that he or she is willing to die for their convictions. Wow, their God must have a lot to offer, right? Unfortunately, it's it's hard to continue evangelizing after you've been executed. But this reading from Revelation shows that those who have suffered for the faith have suffered with Christ and are, therefore, baptized in his blood. And even when they die and leave this world, they will serve the Lord and will celebrate the resurrection with Christ. The author says, or the writer John says, he will lead them to springs of living water. So the main message I got from our second reading is that suffering in the name of Jesus will be rewarded in heaven. Now, I doubt if any of us are itching to die for our faith, but this reading gives us some things to think about because there are times when we remain quiet. There are times when we see injustices and keep our opinions to ourselves. We, we don't want to stir anything up. 
We don't want to get in some huge argument or have people trash talking us or insulting us or anything like that. Whatever our stated reason, the underlying reason is that we don't want to be attacked because we, we don't want to suffer. But we need to remember that, you know, what we're called to do and, and then keep in mind that suffering in the name of Jesus will be rewarded in heaven. And finally, our gospel reading was from John. And in this passage, Jesus, the good shepherd, speaks rather lovingly of his sheep. Jesus says he knows each and every one of his sheep, and we all listen to his voice. We've talked before about recognizing the voice of the good shepherd, but we still have to choose whether or not to listen, whether or not to follow him. This reading pretty clearly says, my sheep listen to me, listen to my voice, and they follow me. The implication is that hearing Jesus's voice isn't enough. We need to hear it and then follow it. We need to hear it and then follow him. And then we can count ourselves part of his flock. Now, elsewhere in the gospel, it speaks to the fact that sometimes we stray. We don't we don't follow very well and we wander away, but the shepherd watches over all the sheep in the flock. Jesus explains that God, his father, has given the flock to him. So we don't really have anything to fear. We, we belong to God. We belong to Jesus. And Jesus said, I and the father are one. This passage should be comforting to us because it means that we will ultimately be protected by God. But it was a tough message for the Jews at the time. So let me read you the next three verses. Right? This, what we read tonight was John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. I'm going to read verses 31 through 33. And here's what it says. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which, for which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. This message to us from Jesus, explaining that he's the good shepherd and we're his beloved flock, almost got him killed. <laughs> it's a bit ironic, don't you think? This wonderful message almost got him killed. Anyway, the main message I got from this gospel reading is that we need to follow the voice of our good shepherd. Clearly, the Jews he was speaking to at the time heard his voice, but they didn't know him. They, they refused to know him as God's only begotten son, and they chose not to follow him. Heck, they almost chose to stone him. Yes, we, we have a bit more discernment involved when it comes to hearing the voice of Jesus because he's not physically sitting in front of us, speaking to us. But so much hangs on what we choose to do once we finally do hear his voice. We need to follow the voice of our good shepherd. All right, so let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Acts, the main message I came away with was share the good news with those who will listen. In our second reading from Revelation, the main message I got was suffering in the name of Jesus will be rewarded in heaven. 
And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was, we need to follow the voice of our good shepherd. Just like the apostles and the early disciples, we are called to share the good news. We are called to be a light to the Gentiles and, and share the gospel message to the ends of the earth. It's hard to share the good news, though, if we choose to remain silent. We don't need to be rude to people or, or dole out condemnation like so many self-proclaimed Christians these days, but we definitely need to speak up, even if it might cause us some discomfort or lead to a bit of personal suffering. When we suffer in the name of Jesus, we truly share in his suffering and will be rewarded. We are his flock and he will protect us. So listen carefully, discern his voice from among all the others, and then choose to follow the Good Shepherd. So let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall and ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I'd like to answer two questions. So what and now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because lately it seems that the only Christian voices you can hear are those who are condemning everyone. The only Christians in the spotlight are those who are itching for a fight, ranting about the evils of this, that, and the other thing, smugly proclaiming that everyone who doesn't agree with them is clearly going to be rotting in hell for eternity. Is that the good news we're supposed to share to the ends of the earth? Hey, you, person I disagree with, you're going to burn. We should care about this because when only the negative Christian voices are willing to speak up, the church seems mean, vindictive, and unaccepting to far too many people, people both outside and inside the church. Is it any wonder so many people are leaving the church today? And the last question I try to answer is, now what? What are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, instead of simply lamenting the fact that the current face of Christianity seems to be angry and judgmental, maybe we should try to present a different face. There are plenty of believers who would love to find a better Christian role model. So why not respond to the voice of our Good Shepherd by setting a great example for others? So with that in mind, here's your real question for the week. What can you do to be a better Christian role model? Now, this is similar to uh, the question we had a couple weeks ago when I challenged you to think about what it means to act like a Christian. But this takes it a step further. The Good Shepherd doesn't get his flock to follow him by screaming at him, at him and telling him how horrible they are. So let's acknowledge what a poor evangelization tactic that really is. But simply pointing out what doesn't work isn't enough. We need to figure out a better way. And I've seen how powerful it can be for people to have a good role model. And you've probably seen it too. So let's apply that to our faith. Spend some time this week thinking about what you can do to be a better Christian role model. Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're thinking about what you can do to be a, a better Christian role model, remember one of the things Jesus said during the Sermon on the Mount. 
in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Sounds like Jesus is challenging us to be better role models. So let's figure out how to answer that call. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, in 2011 by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.